Hey guys, in today's episode, I'm joined by Ace Antonio of the Beat Stop TV. Ace is based out of San Diego, where he works as an event producer by day and a content creator in the festival community by night. Today, we chat about what it's like to produce live events and now virtual ones, as well as where we see the festival industry headed. We also get candid about how our lives have been impacted by this pandemic and what silver linings we've encountered along the way. I can't wait for you all to hear this episode, so let's get into it. Hello, you guys, and welcome back to Rave Culture Cast, your weekly guide to the EDM community, music festivals, and more. I'm your host, Emma Capotis. Thank you all so much for being here. Happy Wednesday. I am in the best mood, you guys. I'm so excited to be sitting down to record this episode, especially coming off of that phone call I just had with Ace that I can't wait to share with you guys in just a little bit. I hope you're all doing well, staying healthy, happy, getting outside, and maybe enjoying some nicer weather. I'm personally recording this on Saturday, May 9th. This is actually the latest. I like never record later in the evening, so I'm feeling good. I'm, I'm about to watch a whole bunch of live streams that I'm very much looking forward to. We've got Second Sky today. We have Insomniac Records with a loaded lineup of heavy hitters in the house music area. Uh, Some of my favorite artists are on that lineup. Uh, We have Griffin uh, presenting his Gravity Tour, I believe at the Shrine. We have the Lunchbox Fam Festival, which I'll talk a little bit about. So, and probably more than that, I think. I think Dream State might be again tonight. So there's so many things going on. Absolutely no shortage of music. I also quickly want to say, by the time this comes out, it's going to be a little late, but it's my friend Vibe with Aid's birthday today. She is another festival content creator who I love dearly, and I just wanted to, to give her a quick shout out. So I'm, a, I'm going to hop on a Zoom call later to celebrate her birthday, but all good vibes. And I, I just want to pass those along to you guys wherever you're listening from. Hope you have the best day ever. So let's keep that energy throughout the rest of this episode, and let's kick things off here. Also, I'm going to open. So I just got a new pack of white claws and I got the new flavors which I haven't been able to find anywhere so my liquor store like finally stocked these this is the lemon one so I'm gonna try this on camera hold on Ooh, I like that Ooh, that's good okay again of course you know all the things drink responsibly blah 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 be 21 years old okay uh I get that out of the way but um I don't think I've ever drank alcohol in this podcast either I'm telling you guys today's gonna be a weird day <laughs> But uh, that was actually really refreshing. I think there's lemon, tangerine, and watermelon are the three new flavors. I really want to try the watermelon one next. But anyway, I just wanted to share that because we're feeling good tonight. We're getting in a good vibe. Uh, I can't wait to kick off this episode with you guys today. So before we do that, I want to do a quick shout out. Thank you to everybody who supports the podcast. I really appreciate you guys being here, telling friends about it, rating and reviewing on iTunes. Um... Seriously, every little act of kindness and the little thing that you do supports this podcast. Sharing it on your Instagram stories and tagging at Rave Culture Cast or at Emma Capotis, both of my handles, is a tremendous help. Sending a link to a friend today or even just subscribing to my YouTube channel or on Spotify, all of those things add up and really do support 
this, you know, smaller scale podcast. So thank you guys for doing that. I really appreciate it. Um, And yeah, if you have a few seconds today and you listen on iTunes, I would absolutely love it if you could throw a couple stars, maybe write a nice review if you're feeling up to it. Uh, I see all of your comments over there and I really appreciate it. I feel like drinking a carbonated beverage before I did a podcast was just an amateur move because now I'm going to feel burpy. (laughs) I don't want to have to like find that throughout the podcast and cut it out. But anyway, we're off to a great start here. Someone's car alarm just went off outside and it's been going off forever throughout the day. So this this is all just turning out well. But anyway, I'm going to move on to our listener of the week because that always puts me in such a great mood and I love to to kick off the episodes with that. So for any of you guys who are new listeners, Every week at the top of the episode, I like to shout out and highlight uh, one of our listeners and you guys can submit nominations. So it's completely based on your emails and every now and then I'll, I'll pick my own and do like a listener shout out. But please feel free to email me with your nominations. It can be anyone in your life who's done something good for you, does something good for the community, is helping others, like whatever it is, celebrating a birthday, it could be literally anything, and you want to shout them out, email raveculturecast at gmail.com. That's raveculturecast at gmail.com with those nominations. I'm always looking for more. So with that being said, this email is from Taylor Cunningham at Taylor underscore C-U-N-N 97. And it says, hello, Emma, I'm so excited to be sending you this shout out suggestion because he is someone who has made such a huge impact on not only my life, but so many others in the rave community. My boyfriend, Caleb Westervelle, is the person who opened my eyes to the rave life and EDM music. He radiates plur vibes in every aspect of life and is always unapologetically himself, which is something I've always admired about him. Caleb has introduced so many people to the rave scene and shares positivity about the community everywhere he goes. He is someone who has an amazing energy and is such a bright light in the world. I've loved watching and listening to your podcast episodes and YouTube videos. You're so amazing and I admire your ability to spread so much love and positivity. Keep up all your hard work, girl. It doesn't go unnoticed. Thank you so much. That's so nice of you. (laughs) And she said, P.S. I know you probably have a ton of people and support, but if you ever need anything, I love helping people in any way and I'm always here for anyone. That is so sweet. Taylor. You and your boyfriend, Caleb, are our listeners of the week. Thank you guys so much for being supporters of the podcast. And it sounds like Caleb is an excellent example of somebody in this community and living a plural lifestyle and just being there for others and showing people like showing people the way and leading by example. So thank you guys for being such great influences and um yeah just radiating positivity and warmth thank you guys it's awesome so that was a perfect example of a listener of the week nomination you guys so now you know what it's all about again please feel free to email me raveculturecast at gmail.com with your nominations Alrighty, uh next up i just want to mention submissions that we're looking for for upcoming episodes so right now i still have the topic that i brought up i believe it was in the last episode or two weeks ago So I am doing a fully dedicated episode to East Coast versus West Coast festivals. So all my East Coast and West Coast fam represent and my Midwest, you guys, I'm not forgetting about you. I'm looking at my camera right now and pointing at it for all my YouTube fam who likes to listen and watch over on YouTube. But I want to hear your thoughts. Those of you guys listening who have done both, you know, you're veterans, you've done a whole bunch of different festivals on either coast or in the Midwest. I want to know what festivals are like in your area. 
Um, have you experienced both or are you just like a SoCal raver? How do they compare to each other? Again, if you're if you're from the Midwest or you're just from the East Coast and you haven't done any West Coast, just tell me what like the festivals are like in your area, uh, pros and cons, what the experience is like, what might be unique to festivals in your area. Um, and for the record, I'm considering East Coast, like full East Coast, Northeast, Southeast, and then West Coast, obviously, Northwest, Southwest, and then, you know, my middle fam represent <laughs> Texas, NOLA, Ohio, wherever you guys are from. Um, yeah, so I just want to do a comparison against both. Uh, unfortunately, I've only had the chance to do really East Coast and I've done five EDC Las Vegas's, which I would consider West Coast, but I haven't been able to do um, a festival in California yet. So I was really hoping to get out there this year and it doesn't sound like it's going to happen, but I don't want to have to wait another year to do this episode. So I still want to go through with it and it's completely contingent upon your email. So I really need all of your submissions for that. So again, East Coast versus West Coast, email me raveculturecast at gmail.com as soon as you can with your submissions. Alrighty, I have been blabbing on long enough. This has just been a hot mess. If you're new here, I promise I have it more together on other days. <laughs> but I'm just like so hype and so excited for tonight's activities. So I would love to introduce to you guys Ace Antonio, who is our guest on today's episode. So Ace, I believe I originally became familiar with him through his uh, YouTube channel, The Beat Stop TV which covers more festival content and they do like EDM news and they've also like played around with um, some other like fun videos in between there and I remember um, him and I think it's his co-host on some of the episodes uh, he did a video where they copied one of my makeup looks it was like a Halloween look it was hysterical absolutely loved what they did it's great it's still on the channel so definitely go check that out again I will um, link everything in the description box and in the uh, information in this podcast you guys can follow along with him he also has a personal vlogging channel which has been really awesome um, because he's been sharing how he's been feeling obviously during this pandemic and with everything going on and I think it's just amazing how vulnerable he's been and he's just sharing parts of his life so we talk a little bit about that. Um, yeah, and he and I just have very similar work ethics, so it was really cool to get to know him a little bit better. Um, and we, oh, he actually is in live event production, which I haven't had anyone on the podcast yet to talk about really like what it's like working for a festival and being on that side of it. So if any of you guys are ever interested in producing festivals or live events, whether a small scale or a large scale, he works for a college Uh, and is still employed, which is really incredible. So we talk a little bit about that, which is awesome. And, you know, we're we're festival enthusiasts. So we, you know, talk about what's going to happen, or at least what we think is going to happen, how things might change, and just get, you know, shoot the shit. We just get into some of the, the silver linings that we found throughout this whole scenario and just how to handle anxiety and get through this together with the help of each other. So Anyway, I'm spoiling the whole thing, but I promise it is such a wonderful conversation. I walked away from the call today just feeling so motivated and energized. And I don't know, I really feed off of other people's energy and I really get a lot out of these conversations and I love sharing them with you guys so that you can meet new people in the community and find new people to follow and I think Ace is a great example of that. So with all of that being said, let's get into it. Please welcome Ace Antonio to the podcast. Hi. 
Hey, what's going on? Good. I'm just uh, just waking up. I slept late. I'm on that quarantine sleep schedule. Mm-hmm. So just like staying up late, waking up later. Um, yeah. But all good. Thanks for having me. This is so exciting. I know. I was like, I love recording the podcast. So I was looking forward to this a lot. And I love the sweatshirt. Thank you. I'm actually recording an EDC video today. It's like this big video that I've been planning. Um, normally, the original plan was to vlog the weekend mm-hmm. and then uh, tell the story of the event and its role in my life because uh, oh, wow. it's been 10 years. I went in 2011. That was the first event oh, wow. or the first EDC that I went to. And it made me go into like, a, it like kicked off my career, basically. So wow. I'm an event planner professionally and it started with EDC 2011. Yeah. Um, and I was, oh God, I was heartbroken when the event got postponed. And, you know, I'm reading the writing on the wall. Like, that event, mm-hmm. <laughs> like, I love Insomniac. I don't think it's happening right. in October. Uh, but I think I found a creative workaround to still tell the story anyway. So it's, it's been a bit of, like, I've had a slow kind of pivot. Yeah. It's, it's been a little crazy. But oh, man, I know. We have, so, we have so much to talk about today. I, I have, like, so many <laughs> different topics written out for you. Um. But, really? Oh my yeah. gosh. Okay. Hit me. Like I like I um I've only watched uh your solo podcast. So I ha- I haven't I don't think I've listened to like any of your collab ones. So just oh, like okay. let me know how off the wall you want to go because <laughs> I've been feeling expressive lately and I'm yep. down to talk about about anything. <laughs> no, that's a perfect way to be. I know, right? I like I call you right in the morning, but no, it's been great. Yeah, like 100% be yourself, say whatever you're feeling. And I broke it up into just like a couple of different topics. Like obviously want to talk about you and your job and what you do. And then a little bit sure. about YouTube and then your recent vlogs. I w- watched them yesterday were great. So at the end, I would love to Thank talk you. about just like what's going on and how we're feeling too. <laughs> yeah, I saw that. I was like, oh, Emma's watching my stuff. Like you, yeah. you like one of the earlier ones. Like, oh, she's on my, she's on my channel. That's so fun. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, take it away. Hit me. Awesome. Okay. Yeah. So to get started, um, just to do a quick intro to you, I would love for you to just introduce yourself, where you're from, um, what you do, and maybe like how long you've been in this scene when that started. Sure. Yeah. So my name is Ace Antonio. I'm a San Diego-based event planner and festival goer. Um, Gosh, what I do, there's never a simple answer to that question. It just depends (laughs) who's asking. So what I want to do is I want to plan, I want to plan music festivals. That's like my big life goal. Mm-hmm. Um, so I currently have an event job and I freelance and I take, um, you know, contracting gigs that help me there, uh, help me get there. Um, I've got a lot of experience outside of live music. I did a little bit of live television. I work for a record label that I don't publicize a whole lot. I, I just love, I love music mm-hmm. and I just want to create music festivals one day. Uh, I'm also the owner of the Beat Stop, which is a YouTube media brand. So it's basically like, um, it's really a vlog that just isn't branded under my personal brand, right? Mm-hmm. So like I'm putting out content the same way a lot of other vloggers are, um, but I just brand it uh, as something else so that I can take other contributors and uh, other people can be associated with the name. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I've been in the scene, oh my gosh. <laughs> I, uh, <laughs> the first rave I went to, I was 16 years old, it was 2008. Wow. Oh my gosh. <laughs> it was like in a, uh, a house, with that it was like in an apartment that had the walls knocked down it was like oh really really underground stuff yeah um so i i've seen the scene grow you know when i went to edc 2011 that was different than just like two years later in 2013 by 2013 mm-hmm. and 14 this is like calvin harris started coming up like yes right. like like all the big big room house guys 
Uh, and then there's like EDC on billboards and it just became like, I watched it become mainstream before my eyes. But um, mm-hmm. yeah, I guess 2008 is when I first started uh, going to, it was my first rave. That's so awesome. And were you always into dance music or is that something like your family was into or you just because the scene was growing that you got? It, it was just that the scene was growing. So I, I like, I feel like a lot of uh, people into EDM. I was like an emo kid in high school. Yep. You know, I feel like a lot of people that listen to EDM now, they were secretly emo in uh, like before 2010. Yep. Um, so it just got popular. You know, I feel like it was like, the rock and roll of our time mm-hmm. in a way you know what I mean it was kind of that like new rebellious kind of genre and that's I just got into it uh, yeah. when it became popular yeah for sure I, I sometimes I get comments on videos just because we're around the same age I think you said in one of your videos you're 27 right mm-hmm. yeah. yeah and I just turned 29 and I get comments every now and then with people who are like older school like ravers from like the 90s being like you have no idea what raves are and I'm like oh. It's just, I just was born into a different generation. Like yeah, yeah. coming up was Swedish House Mafia and Avicii. It's just like a different time. And, you know, I was born in 91. I can't really control that. I couldn't go to Vegas. <laughs> no, I know what you mean. It's like there's this weird pretentiousness. Uh, like people feel this attachment to their generation. But it's like yeah. you were just born when you were born. Like you have... Mm-hmm your rock and roll we have our right. rock and roll equivalent you know what I mean it's just it's just different but uh, yep. I, I feel you those, those are such weird interactions yeah but we're both I mean so I, I do want to talk a little bit about Beatstop TV but we're both creating content for this community and obviously like trying to get more eyes on it and people more involved and celebrate what we love so how, when did you start that channel and how did that come about yeah so let's see it's about two years old so I started in 2018 um it started because i started in uh my event career as a promoter like i have a very innate marketing gene like i I just love getting people excited about stuff and i'm a big communicator um and then about two years into my current full-time job which is actually my first full-time job out of college Mm -hmm. um i just had this stability and i had all this free time and like i'm just a work 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 person like i I, like i am active like 12 to 16 hours a day like my leisure is like other work stuff like i'm sure you can resonate with this like for fun you like you like the podcast you like the blog and it's like it's kind of work but it's kind of not um so i had the stability with this new job and uh, i just had this marketing itch that i wanted to scratch and um yeah i've always kind of been a content driven person like I understood I understood how it works so I just kind of decided to do it you know there wasn't any light bulb moment I was just like you know at the time there were tons of digital brands uh you know like Vice, BuzzFeed, um, Huffington Post like a lot of people that were showcasing experiential things but I observed that there wasn't anything like that for like the festival world like if I were just an outsider looking in and I wanted to just like learn new things in video form um there wasn't like a huge way to do that aside from uh vloggers which which again it's like it's so tied to a personal brand like I just see it as different mm-hmm. um I just wanted to cr- like fill that hole I guess yeah so that, that's how that started um I had no idea what I was doing I, I actually I learned a video edit because of this oh, wow. um so I I, I I can't emphasize I'm, I did not know what I was doing <laughs> <laughs> but you know I, I'm just a learn by doing person you know mm-hmm. I, I've learned that about myself and I'm okay with putting out bad content for a little bit if it means like the right. next one's better yeah 
Yeah, no, practice makes perfect for sure. And like, be, I feel like a lot of this is being self-taught and just doing until it gets better. <laughs> yeah, seriously. I mean, you're, how many videos have you put out up to this point? No idea. <laughs> you're, you're like well into the hundreds, right? I, yeah, I think so. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, have, do you ever, do you ever uh, dare yourself to go back and look at those first videos? Because I can't bring myself to do it. <laughs> I have, I have. Um, yeah, it's like friggin' brutal, but it's, it's one of those things. I don't know if you feel the same way. Like sometimes, because we're very similar with like work, work, work. I feel like sometimes I need to figure out more pockets for more education because I, I did iMovie for the longest time. And then eventually I was like, I just know Adobe's better and I wanted to learn Premiere. So I forced myself, like a coworker was our video editor, sat down with me for 30 minutes. And then luckily I found that time. But I'm getting into that point now where I'm like, I use a point and shoot camera which yeah. I bought for festivals, but now that I'm doing so many sit down, I'm like, I should probably invest in a better camera and learn how to actually use the settings on a camera. Yeah. Because when you start investing in yourself, your channel will get better. But it's like, when do you find the time to do this? <laughs> yeah, you're, you're preaching to the choir, girl. I'm, yeah. I'm telling you. Yeah. Uh, I, I have some, I can ask you questions for this. right? <laughs> uh, yeah, of course. <laughs> like, what, what, what do you do for work? Like, this isn't your full time gig, right? No, yeah, no. Um, I was I work in Manhattan normally. Luckily, they sent us home, and I'm still doing like a nine to five. But yeah, I'm a digital okay. design director, so I do like front end design and all that fun stuff. <laughs> That's awesome! Oh my yeah. gosh! Yes, yeah, so. I'm like still waking up, but I'm so excited to talk to you because you're obviously like you've got a dope channel, and I think you're. I, I consider you to be incredibly good at what you do. So you. I, I'm just having these moments where I'm like. Uh, I'm podcasting with Emma, but I'm also <laughs> a little tired. <laughs> no, I feel, yeah, no, please take your time. Leave it up. I, I, I don't want to hit you with the hard questions just yet. We'll, we're warming up here, but I'm curious yeah. with, with the BeatStop TV, um, what your like habits are with this, because a lot of the EDM news, like we have these popular websites that everybody probably is aware of, but I personally don't read them regularly. I rely on Twitter and then their accounts on like Instagram to get my news. So yeah. did you feel like you were filling sort of a gap there with like video content? Yeah, absolutely. So I think like, look, there's tons of great publications and I'm fortunate people that own these things and mm -hmm. they're great people. I think I'm just huge on observing different ways that people communicate. And I like, I'm never gonna read most of this stuff. It's right. timely, it's just not my, it's just not how I communicate. Um, and I was like, at the time it's, I'm like, it's 2018. Like I, I love video. Like I'm a huge visual person. Mm -hmm. And if I had never, um, you know, if I'm not super familiar with the scene short of really going down a rabbit hole and clicking on articles and reading stuff, mm -hmm. like it, it's not that easy to find out something that can seem pretty intimidating these days because, right. uh, festival goers like really identify with going to these events and they identify with the genres where it's like look if, if you know if you're not into EDM you know it, it's hard to learn all the genres and like all the little behaviors and things like that mm -hmm. um but for me it's like it's easier with video so right. I I kind of just saw the hole and I was like I kind of want to create content that's digestible uh it, it's partially geared towards people that are like not super uh, into the scene it's meant to be like kind of shorter um I don't want to say surface level without that connotation but but it's meant to be like look if, if you are a curious onlooker 
Mm-hmm. Um, you don't know the difference between like a lightning in a bottle and like a desert heart. Like right. it's an easy way to learn it, like in a three minute video. Yep. Um, because you're, you're never just going to stumble upon an article that's outside of your interest. You know, you'll scroll mm-hmm. right past it. Uh, it's a very active thing to click and read through an article, whereas a video can be passive. Mm-hmm. Like you, you can, you can kind of just scroll on, like scroll, see it on your feed and you, you have a higher chance of just like watching through it and getting something out of it, you know? Right, for sure. And I was going to yeah. ask this later, but I figure I'll just roll with this now. Obviously, given the yeah. current situation, how does that affect your content? And do you still have videos you were planning to do that you're still going to do? Or are you sort of going to have to pivot a little bit? Yeah, that's a girl. I'll, I'll let you know when I find out. <laughs> uh, let's see. We're, we're two months into this. So, you know, the yeah. first month was a shock. Um, it. I'm a very routine driven person. And mm-hmm. the first like three or four weeks, like I was just not sleeping right. Um, I, you know, normally things are compartmentalized for me. Like I have my nine to five job, I go to the gym, I come home, I create mm-hmm. content, but now it's like, I'm, I'm working out where I record and now I'm working where I sleep. And it was just like a mess. It was a mental mess for the first month. Um, so I think, uh, the first thing was to kind of get myself on the straight and narrow mentally. So only in the past few weeks have I been focusing on what the content was. I'm like, like uh, we're in this for the long haul. Uh, nothing's going anywhere. And I just, like, for some reason, I'm a little um, lethargic as far as making content. I just needed the time to kind of let it marinate. Mm-hmm. Uh, but what I did realize is a lot of my best content was stuff that were, um, that relied on my event expertise. Um, mm-hmm. So things like uh, festival sponsorships or, um you know, I want to do a video on what it takes to cancel. Like, what, what does it take for Coachella to just say, we're going to do this in six months? Like, wow. what does it take to actually just postpone an event? Because I have insight on that kind of thing. And, yeah. like, I don't think if I Google that, I would find something, like, digestible. But it's, in, it's, it's interesting, right? Every time I, I talk on that in a second. <laughs> right. So yeah. it's like, I, like, I want to talk about, like, what is it, like, these events just say, oh, we're going to do this on, in October instead. And yeah. just like, that's, like, that is just like the outward facing decision, but the amount of work that goes mm-hmm. into it, leading up to it. And then like, they have a ton of work to do after. Um, that's what I'm going to lean into during this time is just more uh, event planning centric thing, mm-hmm. because it, it's just a constantly changing landscape. Right. And to be honest, um, I'm fortunate enough to still have a job now. And people are, people are asking me like, what do you know, how do we do this virtual event? Or what does it mean if we do this? And I'm like, dude, I have no clue. <laughs> like, I, like I, I've used Zoom like twice before this moment. And now we're going to host somebody on here. Yeah. We're all learning this stuff. I have no idea. So I don't know. I thought it'd be interesting to cover all that stuff. Also, yeah. is this a, do, am I not allowed to curse on no, here? Is this curse away? <laughs> yeah. Good? Okay. Okay. Got it. Got it. No, I'm like, there, there were certain topics I wasn't sure if I was going to cover on the channel. I've just gone there with everything. So yeah, you're good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. Perfect. I can use yeah. my uh, my big boy language. Yeah, but I actually I don't think I've had anyone on. That's why I, part of the reason I wanted you to come on was to talk about live event production because I have had some people who are curious and in going into that field as well. And like I'm similar to you, where I like to be a behind the scenes person. Like you have the people who want to be on stage, who want to be an artist, like a, a tour yeah. manager, whatever, and then people who want to like put everything together. And I'm sort of that way. And so, what did you go to school for? And like when did you know that's what you wanted to go into? 
<laughs> oh, I love these questions because <laughs> like there's no straight answers for all this stuff, but I've been thinking about it a lot lately. So mm -hmm. I went to school to please my parents. Uh, what I went to school for really has no effect. Like I have thought about it and I could have not gone to school and I think I would have ended up in the exact same field. Right. Um, so, you know, I was a child of Asian immigrants. They just wanted me to go and get a degree. That's just how it is. If you're mm -hmm. the child of a, of, of a Asian immigrant. Um, I was terrible in the classroom. I went in uh, as marketing at San Diego state. I finished with a 2.4. I was totally okay with that. Mm -hmm. Um, because about halfway through, I realized that I wasn't dumb. I just didn't thrive in a classroom environment. Like, mm -hmm. it just wasn't for me. I can't get this info out of a book. But when I'm interning or when I'm promoting shows or when I'm planning stuff, like, I, I thrive. Like, I was so good at that stuff right. um, that I just accepted. Like, I, it's just not the learning environment for me. Um, about, I was a senior. No, what am I talking about? No. After my freshman year, I attended my very first EDC. And uh, I went from undeclared into uh, marketing. And I started doing everything I could to get work in the industry. I started promoting shows. I started like doing free work. I was like, I was grinding, like just emailing like venues, like, hey, like I, I just want to work. Like, can I do this? Like emailing artists. Um, so that was how it was for me in college is I was just like, I went to school enough to pass. But on the side, I was doing so much stuff. Right. Um, and then when I graduated, I just had like a very healthy amount of experience that I was able to find work mm -hmm. uh, right after that with UC San Diego. So that's my current, uh, that's my current event job. Okay. Um, they, on the surface, it doesn't seem like an industry job, um, but they host one of the biggest college festivals in the U.S. It's called the Sun God Festival. That's awesome. Sorry, I, I'm, I like chugged a bang <laughs> before this. <laughs> oh my God. Uh, so, so they uh, they host the Sun God Festival. That's that festival is almost 40 years old. Oh, wow. um, and it's really unique as far as college events go. So it, it's had up to 20,000 attendees. It's had up to three Sweet. stages. We have had headliners like Kendrick Lamar, Khalid, Diplo has headlined this event. Um, wow. it, it is a very very impressive feat. Mm -hmm. um that really gets the whole campus involved so that's um that's kind of the short version of that story like I I didn't go to school for anything event related I kind of just at some point started grinding it out and mm -hmm. just trying to find opportunities and that led to a formal job that's so cool and are you originally from that area too you grew up around there uh born here I'm a military brat I grew up in Japan oh wow <laughs> That's okay. Yeah, so I, I grew up in Japan, came back when I was a teenager, and um, uh, when I graduated from high school, I didn't want to move anywhere. Like, I wanted to stay in one place for mm -hmm. most of my life, um, Yep. so I stayed, and that, that's, that's been that. Yeah, I was going to say, because it's such a cool, I haven't been to San Diego yet, but, and I still, I feel bad about this. I haven't gone to a SoCal festival yet, and it was on really? my bucket wow. list to do this year. I was going to check it off with, like escape I think was going to be the first one I was going to finally send it to that this year but are you happy that you're in that area because like what's this the music scene like is there a lot at your disposal there yeah so San Diego is interesting it's like I feel like a bigger fish in a small pond mm. um more likely than not I'm gonna need to leave this area to really pursue my career because mm. the market's not huge but it's not certain. I, I've played out different scenarios in my head and there are scenarios with the existing promoters and events. Like there's not a lot, but there are a few. 
mm-hmm. um, there there's a scenario where I do stay here. Uh, it just depends on, it just depends. You know what I mean? Like if I can get involved with those guys. So let's see. In the past five years, uh, two bigger festivals have moved into town. So that's Kabu, which is an upscale festival. It's more like, uh, gosh, what is that? I'm blanking. It, it's more of an upscale festival, like higher demographic. Its whole brand is on upscale upscale amenities. So okay. have you heard of this event before? Because it sounded familiar. Yeah. So gosh, uh, it, they're owned by uh, Richard Branson, uh, the ver- okay. virgin, virgin yeah. guy. Um, and they have four or five ticket tiers. So they have a general admission and then they have a $15,000 like Premium, premium, ultra premium VIP. I shit you not. Yeah. So, status. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Yeah. So it's like they have like DA, VIP one, VIP two, VIP three. It's like wow. 700 bucks, 3000 $15,000. And uh, for that $15,000 ticket, they sell like 20 of them. It's like a few celebrities, like the, uh, the Dos Equis guy came yeah, one yeah. year, you know, and it gets you unheard of access to like backstage you can be in the media pit that's what this gets you to um you get a like concierge and a car ride to and from your hotel like they, they like baby you basically mm-hmm. you get assigned Ultra somebody to follow you yeah oh yeah for 15 grand yeah so yeah. They, they give you like a unlimited drinks card and they give you somebody to follow you around and hold your card and get your drinks Right, during right. the event that's what that ticket gives you um so that moved into town in 2015 or 16 and then last year wonderfront launched in downtown san diego so that was a multi-genre festival but it was more geared it, it was a broader demographic so it had acts that uh millennials and gen zers would have listened to whereas kaboo was like way it, it was like a boomer kind mm-hmm. of thing Got it. um so basically the scene is growing and that, that doesn't go without saying, um, you know, there's cross, I'm sure you've heard of cross, mm-hmm. uh, cross fest, there's those guys and just other stuff. So there is a scenario where I do stay here and, and I love San Diego. I, I yeah, was going to ask. <laughs> I would love to stay here, uh, but I'm being realistic while keeping my options open, but I, I've got a fairly strong network. I, I, mm-hmm. I think I can make it work here. Yeah. And you've got a very yeah. long career ahead of you. I was going to say too, like first, you know, seeing this situation through. And then it's like, I was going to ask you like on the ladder of like going up in this industry, what's next for you? Or like, what's your goal eventually? I know you said you want to put on festivals yourself. Yeah, How do you get that's there? A great, that's a great question. <laughs> I, I love these questions and you make me feel so special. Oh, you're good. Um, and if you're uncomfortable <laughs> answering anything, I don't want you to get in trouble with work. There, so there's very, there's very little that I'm uncomfortable talking about. Okay. I'll, 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 I'll just talk around anything that I feel sure. comfortable with. Uh, that's a good question. I, I think at this point in my career, it becomes extremely nonlinear. Like I could be um, an event manager for a long time, or I can get like a creative director role somewhere. Right. Um, what I would want, like the big thing that needs to happen is I need to get out of uh, the college system. Like I need to, I need to get a job at a public festival. Mm. So that would be like, uh, I think the dream is insomniac. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, Live Nation or Superfly or C3, uh, anything in that realm, that way I can just get out of the, uh, the college realm. Cause it, it's a niche, you know? Yeah. And I think if you don't know how to position yourself correctly, it could be a disadvantage. Like you could look like just a college event planner to a lot of people. Mm-hmm. If you don't really know how to communicate what you actually did, 
Right. Um, so I've, I'm creeping up on the five year mark with this job, uh, at which point I get vested, like re- retirement wise, like oh. if I leave before that five year mark, I, I don't get like some money that I put away okay. or something like that. I, I don't okay. know. The details. I just know I need to make it five years. Um, but that is the next step. But, um, you know, I, this whole pandemic has gotten me thinking, like I almost tried to leave last year. And I've got tons of colleagues that are out of work, you know, Insomniac furloughed half their staff like a few days ago, Live Nation's hurting, like the industry is hemorrhaging money right now. And it's just like, dang, I, uh, I feel like I had somebody watching over me that kept me here because like me at a school, like I'm still fully employed and I'm, I'm grateful every minute for that because I know people are really hurting right now, you know, and I just, I'm planning virtual events and I'm like, I'm the outlier in the scenario where a lot of my colleagues are just hurting. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going on a rant. I'm sorry. No, no, I feel you. Honestly, I feel the same way about like full-time job too. I can tell you off camera, but I've thought about so many different scenarios and I'm glad I didn't act on anything too early either right. because yeah. everyone's just sort of just trying to like keep their head down and keep their job and do their work at this point. But yeah. it's going to be interesting because, well, two things. One, I think when festivals and live events come back, like, I personally think they'll come back bigger and better than ever. And like, Mm. it'll be incredible. I also think everything is going to be probably very different, but at the Mm. same time, it's interesting because I was reading something about the live nation owner saying like, they're looking at less capacity shows, Mm. virtual Mm. shows, crowdless shows, which I don't know what the difference between a crowdless show and a virtual show is, but it's forcing these companies to be like, we didn't have any plan for this. And now we need to think about how the fuck else we can, run our business so it's like and same thing for schooling I have a bunch of friends who are teachers and they're like I can't believe we didn't have any model in place for virtual teaching so now it's like forcing companies to like put together backup plans but yeah yeah every industry has just been turned upside down and I think you know there's there's a lucky few that aren't really affected by it like to be honest financially I have not even been affected at all Mm-hmm. And I, I like I don't say that to gloat. I say that out of gratitude. You know, I'm just like, how right. is that this has all happened, and like I haven't been affected. You know, like yep. this is a weird thing where it's like, do I deserve this? You know, like there's great people out there that have gotten fired, and uh, it, it, it's it's a it's like a mental rabbit hole where I'm like, it, it kind of just is what it is. I just have work. I just yeah. need to do it and uh, support my friends, my friends otherwise. Yeah. Um, don't. Th- yeah, I wouldn't think that. Way. Like honestly, make make the most of it. You worked hard to get there, and. I would, yeah. I mean, and things are going to turn around and that's how I feel about a lot of people. Like I have friends whose like partners are out of the job, but they're working and they're like supporting each other and it's going to come back around at some point. Um, so I'm personally just trying to be smart about spending. I'm putting so much money away and I'm like, I need oh my gosh. Any day. Yeah. <laughs> yes. So I have, you know, all of that, what I just said aside, mm-hmm. um, I found uh, incredible, like incredible amounts of silver lining on a personal level. So like, yeah. the amount of money that's saved. Right. <laughs> it's, uh, I, I'm, I'm paying off debts that it's like, I, I shouldn't even be going, I shouldn't even be traveling when I have like these kind of personal debts. Mm-hmm. Uh, but now I don't have a choice. Yeah. No, <laughs> now, right. now I can only put the money away and I'm like, man, this is what it took. It took me in my late twenties a global pandemic for me to finally make like better financial decisions. Like granted, mm-hmm. I'm not like the worst, but when I go to like Europe, for example, and I'm like, damn, should I be, should I be here? I've got to just like yeah. live in the life and drop in the money. But uh, a lot of personal silver lining uh, that I'm super grateful for mm-hmm. as well. No, I agree with you. And 
It is interesting. I, I mean, I think a silver lining is like how it'll change how we feel about things. Cause I do feel like the industry we're in, at least me personally with like the vlogging, when I was planning out my festival schedule for 2020, I feel like I was getting caught up in this rat race of like packing more and more festivals in. Cause I wanted to, to attend there and be there in person and get the vlogs. And I was like, I don't even have a vacation days. I'm spending more money than I'm making. Like, so I'm yeah. in a way glad it forced me to stop and like look at what I was doing and I'm going to try and just figure that out in the future and manage that better. But um, I, actually, I was going to ask you before when you're talking about the Kaboo Festival, do you think after this type of scenario that more niche festivals like that are going to rethink their plan because people aren't going to be just shelving out all this money for events? Or do you think they'll still be around? Gosh, gosh. <laughs> huge, huge, huge question that I want to create some video content on. Yeah. Uh, I think... You know, in my head, there's this big magical day where we say that the pandemic has been cured and we open mm -hmm. back society and everything goes back to normal in one day. Uh, truth be told, it's like, you know, even when we get to that point, there's a lot of longer reaching effects that will affect the music industry, in my opinion. For example, a lot of people are broke right now. Mm -hmm. A lot of like, a lot of, you know, say, say we cured everything in August or September and EDC and Coachella did happen. It's like, a, a ton of people our age are like don't even have work right now right, and like right. the government's kind of failing people they're not getting anyone any money like I don't think people are just gonna go and spend a thousand dollars to go to Coachella for a weekend you know it, it's mm -hmm. just um this has forced a lot of people to rethink like man was I ready for this because I guarantee right. you like most people our age probably wasn't like I, I <laughs> if yeah. I lost my job uh at any point in the past two months to be honest like I wouldn't have been ready for this and mm -hmm. e even uh you know next year I, I don't know if my festival habits would return to normal if i were in a worse financial situation you know so um there's that uh, i think there's going to be kind of like lingering uh gosh like lingering fear i guess you know a lot of people it's hard to get the right information you know depending on what media you listen to um along with their personal thoughts it's like there's, it's like a huge sliding scale on how scared people are and, and how they feel about going to events for vaccines. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. I, I, keep, I keep losing the question that you asked in oh, the middle good. of the No, I'm, I'm hopping around too because I'm like thinking of things like as you're chatting and to go yeah. back to your, to your job because I'm sure some people will have more questions about it working on that side. Um, yeah. Because you feel like a big fish in a little pond, do you think that's probably helped you though because on the on the flip side you probably learn more than somebody who's like so small at like insomnia yeah you know? yeah uh the answer is absolutely i have yeah. um and i i think a lot of it's my community it's my communication and my work style so i'm very keen in on how i behave and what has like what works for me and what doesn't work for me mm -hmm. and i'm really good with people i, I i'm very uh I'm a very nice person. Like I have good experiences with people that I work with. Mm -hmm. um, so when I am in a little pond, I'm really good at networking. Uh, I'm, I'm good at making first impressions and I understand uh, the business side of things really well. So I know who to impress and who to connect with because mm -hmm. I understand everyone's role in like an organization or in an event. Right. Um, but you know that might not be for everyone like some people might just be extremely good at keeping their head down and doing the work until somebody notices them and for mm -hmm. that it's like well you know you're not going to get that high here in san diego where everyone is just like everyone knows each other in this market right, right. um you might be better in like chicago or la or something um mm -hmm. where 
it's a lot of people, but you'll shine better if you just like outwork everyone around you. You know yeah. what I mean? Yep. Um, so I, 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 a lot of networking because my cousin, she's like a perma freelancer and she wanted to work for festivals. I think she does more of, um, like accounting and payroll and that kind of thing. Okay. But she on, was on the East Coast more so. So she did a couple of Izus and Governor's Balls. She did the Tomorrow World when that was a disaster. Oh. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that. Um, but a similar scenario now, like it was always just a per festival basis. So you're only employed for a couple of months and then you got to find work again. And I feel like so mm -hmm. much of it is her like cold calling people and reaching out on LinkedIn or it's just people she's networked with through the festival industry. Yeah, no, that, that makes sense. But um you know, the, the, the big fish, small pond thing, it just works for me because um, it's just my work style. Like, I, I, I get along great with people. Like, I've gotten to know people that, you know, venue owners and publications here, and mm -hmm. it's been good. And again, like, you know, I've had this comfort in the full-time job that I was thinking of leaving pretty soon. But again, I'm just kind of rethinking things because I'm just a little yeah. shook at like, dang, what if, what if I left last year? Mm -hmm. I would have gotten fired. You know what I mean? Oh, my yeah. gosh. That would have been a crazy turn of events. A lot of what ifs. I know there was a long time I wanted to. I I literally would look at jobs at Live Nation all the time because I was like, oh, that would be the best to just be a digital designer for Live Nation. But I would probably be out of the job at that point if that was my role at the corporate company. You know? Uh, yeah, yeah. So, you know, a lot of what ifs. blessings. But um, how do you Seriously. feel now about? Um, I know your company is doing this a little bit, but about virtual events and what are you guys working on now? Oh gosh, how do I feel about them? I, I have a whirlwind of emotions. Like, I I don't think we have an option, you know? It's like, it's the new normal right now. Um, like, do I prefer them? Definitely not. I don't think anyone prefer, actually, yeah. <laughs> there are some little, re there are some little things that I realized after this weekend that I do prefer them. Uh, they're mainly jokes, but, um, you know, we had a live stream with Stephen Lim last night. He's a BuzzFeed mm -hmm. host. Uh, he is the host of one of their most popular properties. It's called Worth It. Are you familiar with that? Yep. Yep. Okay. Yeah. So he's the host of Worth It. And we just had him as a, a live stream Q&A. And I went like after he logged off, I went from this seat, which was like my event host, like to my bed in like seconds. Yeah. <laughs> like, normally we'd be cleaning stuff up, loading out equipment. Like we'd yeah. be there for hours or even days sometimes just loading stuff out. Um, mm -hmm. So it, it definitely is an adjustment. Um, my biggest sentiment on it is I have on a professional level, I have this very, very unique opportunity to become proficient in this thing that most people like in a time when most people aren't even mm -hmm. able to work. So I know that virtual events will stick around in some way after the world returns to normal. I think mm -hmm. too many concepts were successful and proven where they're not just going to go away. Like if you take yeah. Brownies and Lemonades Virtual Mirage, for example, they raised $300,000 off of freaking live stream. Yep. It's like, you can bet they're going to explore that idea in some way in the future, you know? Right. Um, so I am just learning the ropes right now. I feel like I'm learning this completely new profession. Um, so when, you know, the industry bounces back and, you know, Live Nation wants to have a recurring live stream series, for example, I feel like I'll be... I'll have just spent the last eight months mm -hmm. like doing that very thing when most people probably won't have that opportunity. So that, that's kind of yeah. my biggest thing. I see it as this huge opportunity on a personal level. Right. Yeah, I yeah. agree. Yeah. I feel like, you know, of course no one prefers it that way. And I, I read an op-ed, I think, God, I don't know if it was EDM train or your EDM. It was one of those. Mm -hmm. um, and somebody was like talking about how, 
they just like hate the experience overall. And it's just one of those things. It's like, part of me thinks it's very humbling. Like it's interesting to see these artists in their homes with like yeah, not a yeah. crazy setup. And then yeah. like, I use this example, Seven Lions has been doing a ton and he never talks on stage. Jeff does not speak ever. So to hear him <laughs> talk and do Q and A's and like with his wife, I'm like, it's nice to get to know these artists on another level. So I do enjoy yeah. that aspect of it. Um, but on the flip side, well, I mean, Insomniac is killing me because they're starting their events at 11 p.m. East Coast time. So yeah, I haven't yeah. watched a single one live. I've watched all yeah. of them later. <laughs> I'm like, please start them earlier for the love of God. But, um, so, so there's like other things like that. But even tonight, tonight the lineups are like, there's so many things. There's like quarter second sky, insomniac mm -hmm. records, like the lunchbox fam. We dipped our toes in doing a Twitch stream this weekend. Griffin's so like YouTube movie comes out today. Yeah, I love Griffin. Yeah. Oh. So I'm gonna watch that. There's a lot going on. Yeah, I know I'm gonna have like all these tabs open and just, <laughs> just like screens on every side of me. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. But and it's just, it's been interesting to see. I don't know about you like your apartment, but a lot of people have like these whole setups at home i like need to invest in some cool lighting or some shit like that <laughs> yeah yeah we've got we've got a projector and some decent sound and i'm i live with roommates which is like oh gosh what a godsend <laughs> if i if i didn't have roommates right now i'd be i'd be going crazy but yeah. uh we've got a, we've got at least a big living room where uh we can kind of dance and have some drinks and that's awesome good but yeah i think you gotta invest in like a little subwoofer or something yeah. Have you had any favorite um, live streams that you've watched so far? Any good sex? Oh, gosh. Oh, gosh. Uh, oh, man. I, okay, so, like, I, I, I've been loving – I think Martin Garrix has been putting out some really dope sets lately, and mm -hmm. I'm a huge Martin Garrix fan. Uh, did you see his most recent one where he did it, like, on a river? No. So he did it on a boat uh, down some Swedish river or something. So oh, – wow. uh, he had like cameras on different boats. It was like a squadron of like a dozen boats. Of course. And like he, people on their own yachts, just following him and dancing. It's, oh, cool. it's a really, really cool thing. And yeah. I think one of the good things coming out of this whole virtual environment is it's forcing people to get creative in ways that we never thought we'd have to be creative. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like who would have yeah. thought, okay, Martin Garrix on a fucking boat. What, why not? Let's do it. Let, let's run it and, and just see. Um, and and it's, it's this weird feeling of like, man, the simulation is glitching. Like life is giving us all sorts of weird things. Like why is Martin Garrix on a boat? <laughs> yep. I know. Um, so I like him. Uh, I thought, I, I felt like a little bit of, uh, I felt pretty cathartic after Virtual Mirage uh, for them to triple their funding goal. You know, mm -hmm. that was the first real moment of togetherness that I felt since the pandemic started because I was like, dang. You know, finally we can do something together. You know, we, we raised all this money together. And um, I thought it was like a historic moment for EDM, to be honest. Like for them to just absolutely smash that goal. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, a lot, a lot. There's, there's sets. I know, there's so many. <laughs> there's yeah, there's, there's so many. Uh, I think uh, I'll probably have new favorites after this weekend with Secret Sky. Mm -hmm. um, I love Maddion and I love Porter and Griffin. So we'll just, uh, we'll see. Yeah. Well, I know. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm excited for Griffin. I love him. I'm filming like right after this, my, my best EDM or my best EDM live stream so far. And I'm probably, I want to do like a monthly series, I think, because there's just mm -hmm. gonna be so much many over the next few months. And That's a great idea. Somebody, I was going to tell you, somebody sent me like 
the search right now for EDM live streams is like through the roof. So you'll get great traffic probably through that search. That's great, great to know. Oh my, yeah. you film so much. Is this like a normal Saturday? You're just cranking out like videos from like <laughs> well, morning to dawn? I was going to say to you, you could tell I was having a day when I showed up to the call three hours early. <laughs> yeah. I was like, like, man, she is committed. I didn't get on this level. I'm like eating breakfast in my underwear. <laughs> thing. I was like, oh gosh. Yeah. Right, no, I live, I live my life through like my little to-do list, like checklist. And yeah. I, it, it was just one of those days because I wanted to talk to you here before we, we close out a little bit about like anxiety and what's been going on. But I, I keep doing this thing where I'm like, oh, you just have so much more time on the weekend. So let me just cram in this full to-do list. And then the weekend comes and I'm like, what I don't have any more time than I would yeah, yeah. to do this. So no, but I do try and film on the weekends and I do more editing at night after like a work day. So I do, I try and do that. Oh my yeah. gosh, you're an inspiration. I'm not even I'm yeah. not even kidding. That, oh, gosh. I appreciate it. I, I try try, but it depends. I mean you just gotta split it up like I love TikTok now. It's been so much fun creating stuff for TikTok. And I'm like, that's just another fucking thing to add to the list to create. But TikTok is like, yeah. you can, you can knock four or five out in 10 minutes, like not 10 minutes, but like a half an hour, you know, and then yeah, yeah. Like, like for the week, I could post one of those a week and I'm done. So yeah. Yeah. But, oh my gosh. The, the creative yeah. energy that you have is wild. Like I'm just, I'm coming out of a rut, you know, and it took <laughs> me a couple of collabs to get out of it. So I was on a Angel Chavez's podcast and now I'm on yours. And I'm just like, man, there's all these creators that are still rocking and rolling. And uh, it just took me a little time to get to get up from everything. You know, yeah. I feel I feel really good now. But I'm telling you, like last month and this month was night and day where I'm like, yeah, man, what am I creating? Like, what am I doing? It's, yep. uh, it, it's, it's been a process for sure. Mm-hmm. No, I, I, I completely feel you. And that's why, like, I know you posted earlier in the week and I responded because I was going through the same funk. It's it's just bizarre how different you can feel day to day because yesterday and today I feel like myself, I'm you're catching me on a good day where I'm energy and motivated. But <laughs> Sunday, Sunday through Thursday, I just was so tired, exhausted, didn't yeah. feel like myself, wanted to cry at like the blink of an eye for no fucking reason i want to cry right now actually oh no i'm kidding (laughs) (laughs) yeah so it's just i think it's a roller coaster of emotions and it's like waking up every morning where you have those 10 minutes where you're like oh it's a normal day and then it smacks you in the face like oh no we're living in a pandemic never mind (laughs) yeah 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 i I know but i i wrote this down because i loved so you have your vlog channel on the side um yeah which i think is awesome to do because just in general I think looking back on these videos is such a personal thing too. Like even, even the vlogs and stuff like that um, for festivals, I actually by accident, it was like a year ago, deleted all, like, I don't know what happened. I backed up my EDC 2018 photos to a hard drive. I thought, uh-huh. and they're nowhere to be found. No. And I was like, Those are my oh favorite memories. But I put, I put a daily vlog out per day on my YouTube channel. So all my videos and photos are in those vlogs. And I'm like, oh, God, I do that. Seriously. <laughs> oh my gosh. So there's a reason. <laughs> so yeah. <laughs> so I think you'll look back on these and it'll be such an interesting time to remember whether good or bad. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, the personal vlog has been, you know, a couple of reasons I did that. Like one, I just, I have a lot of energy that I normally channel out. Uh, but now I don't have that option. So now I'm kind of just flipping it and I'm like, Oh, what can I do here at home? Uh, And it's also forcing me to be creative, 
Uh, otherwise, we'd just be sitting at home all the mm -hmm. time. And that doesn't make for good content. So it's like, yep. okay, I'm going to challenge myself, put out a video every week. And if there's nothing happening, we'll find something to do, you know? So there's a video where we did like, we played Chubby Bunny and we did like the bottle kick challenge. And it's like, oh, that was like literally on a Wednesday where we were kind of just sitting around. I was like, hey guys, I'm going to go to Target, buy some marshmallows and we can just play this game. And it was, it was a lot yeah. of fun, you know? Um, so it's forcing me to be like, okay, we got to do stuff. We can't just be sitting around. Mm -hmm. um, and I, I think people just need connection in a lot of ways. And I have a lot of interests beyond music festivals. So I was like, you know, I just want to document this, connect with other people that, mm -hmm. you know, don't share music festivals right now and just like document life, you know? I think uh, I've gotten some good feedback. People have DM'd me and said like, it's just been a really hard week, but you know, this, this looks so much fun or it's comforting mm -hmm. to know that, you know, just to be reminded that everyone's staying home and like no one's really above any of this stuff. Yeah. Um, nice. So it's been a really, really fun creative outlet. I was actually filming a little bit before this podcast, just kind of talking about my day. I bought a gratitude journal this Shut week. Up. This That's is completely awesome. out of character for me. Like <laughs> I, I am not a writer. Like I spent half this podcast talking about video over, over writing. Um, but watching I, I, Grey's Anatomy once by gratitude <laughs> journal. <laughs> exactly, watching Grey's Anatomy uh, once. But uh, you know what? I am just so open to how my energy manifests right now, and I'm just like, yeah. maybe I'll write. Like it's therapeutic for some people. It's mm -hmm. not like I have any plans today. I'll just yeah, give it a shot. Yeah, it's like and, it. yeah, and I think I mean obviously because you do put your yourself out there online and everything yeah. like that I think I surprise myself sometimes and you might find this too because we do have like a more niche um channel and stuff like that sometimes like you don't want to step outside the realm but so many people yeah. right now are like coming up with new hobbies or finding new things they're interested in so sometimes when you do share yeah. those things outside of the usual you will be surprised at people who are like oh I've always been interested in this topic I'm so glad you're talking about it so yeah yeah there's like there's, there's no rules right now and I've been really embracing that I'm just like look I'm gonna spend you know, four months ago, I wouldn't have thought about spending time on a personal blog. So I'm like, this can be time for festival content. Mm -hmm. But I, I've learned that we just can't be hard on ourselves right now. And it's like, we just got to explore different ways to get through this. Actually, I wanted yeah. to share something real quick. So yeah. uh, one thing I had to write today is like today I'm grateful for. And I actually write collaborating with other creators. Yay. That's the first awesome. thing I wrote. That's so I was so like, you know, it, it's giving me purpose to my day. And uh, it's just nice, you know, it's like a different level of connection with somebody that I've never met. You're like on the other side of the country. So I want totally. you to know that. I'm, I'm oh, thank you. It, it is though. I mean, situations like this is like, I literally walk away from every interview that I do or collaboration, just feeling like so motivated and energized. Cause like we do have yeah. common interests, but it is so good just to get to know people on another level. And even the um, festival content creators zoom call that we did like it was so fun bouncing ideas off of each other and I can't wait to do that again too I know I've, I've dm'd a few of the people that were on that call and uh that, that was the first time I've actually talked to anyone in that call like I've only collaborated okay. with Angel since that group was created mm. so it was fun you know and it's like yeah. we, we all just need that connection right now so thanks for organizing that yeah of course and I think it's just helpful to like bounce ideas off of each other and again same thing like even like I was having the shittiest week ever and I knew I had my YouTube live Thursday night. And at first I was like, Oh God, it's another thing I have to do. And then when I'm sitting down doing it, I'm like, I love doing this. This is so much fucking fun. Yeah. 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 So it's good to have those outlets and yeah, I'm so happy you came on today. Thank you for being so open. Oh my and gosh. Honest. <laughs> Thanks for having me. Like seriously, anytime, like if you want to do this, I'm, I've got no plans for the next six months. So yep. no, let I me know. 
uh, there will be more video collaborations and stuff like that. I'm definitely trying to, to get creative and, and do some more brainstorms. But before I let you go, plug all of your social media handles. Yeah, let's do it. So uh, if you'd follow the, the Beat Stop, so that is the Beat Stop TV on Instagram and Twitter. And then my main channel, uh, youtube.com slash the Beat Stop. And then my personal Instagram, at uh, Real Antonio. You can follow me for uh, my day to day. Alrighty, you guys, that was so incredible. Thank you so much, Ace, for coming on today to chat with me. Uh, again, you guys, couldn't support any more. Please go follow BeatStop TV on YouTube and on Instagram to follow along what he's doing over there. And at Real Ace Antonio over on Instagram to follow his personal account. And you guys, again, go check out his vlogs that he's doing, which are pretty awesome as well. And we chatted a little bit about some of those videos. So I would I would go check those out so you know what we were talking about in today's episode. But just really cool. Honestly, like this is why I love doing this podcast, like doing these interviews, getting to know people more, hearing their stories, and then more importantly, getting to share them now with you guys. And hopefully some of you guys can relate. Maybe you're interested in going into this same field or you've just been wondering from people who work at festivals how they feel about the current situation. I just think it's so interesting. And again, I always leave these conversations just feeling enriched. That's probably the right word. I feel enriched. I feel alive. I feel motivated. And it was just so great connecting with him. So very excited about all of that. Please go support and show him some love. And I think with all of that being said, let's get into some EDM news because I do have a couple things to go over. Um, Again, I also want to shout out all of the incredible live streams. But by the time I record this and then you guys hear it, probably so many have happened. I think the EDC Las Vegas one happened already, if I'm not wrong. Um, This current weekend, like I mentioned, was Second Sky, Dream State, Lunchbox Fan Festival, Insomniac Records, and... Jeez, I mean, there's been no shortage of live streams. So they're just going to keep continuing to happen. But uh, another one that was announced was Movement Detroit, which is a techno festival, obviously, in Detroit. Uh, It got postponed. I believe it's still on right now for September 11th to the 13th, I want to say. But um, Memorial Day weekend, they announced they are doing a live stream event in partnership with Beatport. So you know it's going to be good if it's with Beatport. Uh, live on movement.us on Twitch, Facebook, and YouTube. And it's benefiting Music Cares, which is really cool. So I I don't think the lineup's out at this point. It might be out by the time you listen to this, but I am so here for that. That's going to be incredible. I don't know if any of you guys have plans for Memorial Day weekend. You can comment on YouTube if you guys are watching over there, but I don't know what we're doing yet. I would love it if the Jersey Shore would be open. That would be amazing and we can still practice social distancing and put our towels (laughs) six feet apart from each other. I don't know how that's all going to go, but if it's nice here, I would personally love to get out of this apartment and and go away for the weekend. So we'll, we'll see what happens, but either way, we'll have some music to listen to, so that's good. Okay, what else is happening? So um, Insomniac announced that they were officially canceling. I can't talk today. Sorry if I'm tripping over words or pronouncing things a little bit incorrectly. I've literally only had one sip of White Claw, (laughs) but I just think I had too much coffee today or something. I don't know. I'm bouncing off the walls. But anyway, Insomniac announced that Beyond Wonderland, SoCal, and the new one that they had announced for the Pacific Northwest, both are not happening. Again, not surprised they were going to occur back to back this June. Um, so they're just going to push those back to next year. And I think there was something about the tickets, which was interesting. Okay, yeah. 
So it says, we appreciate your passion and patience during these times. Your current festival passes will be valid for next year, so you can keep them. And will be upgraded for free as a thank you from us for being so supportive. So if you keep your ticket, you will be upgraded. So if you have GA, you will now get GA+. If you had GA+, you get a VIP ticket. And if you had a VIP ticket, I believe you get an additional VIP ticket. Like Insomniac paving the way, showing you how it's done. Honestly, I think that's so incredible and such a creative way to reward people. And like obviously they're having financial issues right now. So it's important to them, you know, if you want to keep these places alive, if you can afford to, if you were laid off, if you're not working right now, totally understandable to get your refund. Obviously take care of yourself and your family first but if you are working and you can afford to hold on to your ticket it helps these places out tremendously Uh, I'm keeping my electric forest ticket for next year and my group camping pass what else did I have tickets to already I had tickets to ubby dubby which is now ubby dubby times freaky deaky it's on Halloween who knows if that'll happen or not I'm keeping my ticket in the meantime and I think that was it so far but yeah so I thought that was pretty cool that they're doing that in other insomniac news Uh, This was a bummer to read, but Insomniac furloughed 50% of their staff amid the COVID crisis. This was in Billboard um, on their website. Hold on, what does this say? I think Pasquale obviously said that they had to like make the difficult but necessary decision to furlough a certain amount of employees while they're unable to produce shows, which makes sense. And furloughing people usually means that you let them go for now with the intention to eventually hire them back whether you can hire back everyone or just some people I'm not really sure the the deal there but you know Insomniac is trying its best to put on live streams and things like that but if you can't really employ if if you can't put on shows you can't really employ a full staff so that was a huge bummer to hear and I'm sorry for anybody who lost a position over there okay and last up for EDM news I thought this was interesting so uh this article in your EDM says And I think I read this. The owner or the CEO of Live Nation said they're planning for crowdless shows and drive-in concerts. I'm I'm interested to read this article because crowdless shows to me isn't that just a virtual live stream, (laughs) unless it's something totally different. The drive-in thing, I know some people are here for it and some people aren't. Germany and like Europe and some places are just like doing it right. I think I saw something else in Amsterdam. Restaurants are setting up these like little pods, so like. Obviously, you and your significant other or whoever you live with who you're not, you know, social distancing from, you can go eat. So it's the same side as doing same thing as doing like curbside pickup. Like I just had a bomb ass meal from Olive Garden like 30 minutes ago. I'm feeling fat and happy on breadsticks right now, fam. (laughs) But uh, yeah, like it's similar to that. So anyway, I I think the U.S. needs to pick up and, and get a little bit more advanced here on ways we can still support businesses. But anyway, I digress. So obviously Live Nation has reported a 21% drop in revenue for its first quarter. So they're kind of trying to think about other things it can do. So the CEO, Michael Rapino said the company would test crowdless broadcasted shows along with drive-in concerts and reduced capacity festival shows over the summer interesting okay so he said whether it's in arkansas or a state that is safe secure and politically is fine to proceed in we're going to dabble in fanless concerts with broadcasts we're going to go and do reduced capacity shows because we can make the math work interesting there are a lot of great artists that can sell an arena but they'll do 10 higher end smaller theaters or clubs we're seeing lots of artists champing to get back out once it's safe chomping to get back out once it's safe sorry i can't read 
So interesting. And he said it's important for us to keep doing driving concerts, which we're going to test and roll out, which we're having some success with fanless concerts, which have great broadcasting opportunities, reduced capacity festival concerts, which could be outdoors, could be in a theater, could be a large stadium floor where there's enough room to be safe. We have all these plans in place depending on the market and where that local city may sit in their reopening phase. Interesting. I have so many thoughts on that. It completely depends on where you're listening from right now. Obviously, being in New Jersey and I work in Manhattan normally, not a good area, like probably one of the worst areas in the United States. So it doesn't sound like anything is really opening, let alone anything along these lines anytime soon. But like you said, Arkansas, like if you're in the Midwest in an area where it really isn't that bad yet or something like that, maybe they can try testing things like this. But I mean... It would have to be such a small amount of people in an arena to genuinely be spaced out enough. So I don't know. I mean, this is all trial and error. We're going to have to see what happens, but that's crazy. I am I would be interested in the drive-ins. Um, and, you know, the live streams are doing what they can for now. Are they the best experience ever? No, but we're trying to keep the community alive. And a lot of them are raising money for some really incredible causes and organizations. So... You know what I mean? Like trying to do the best we can and support people where we can. All right, you guys, we're almost at the end here. This is my favorite part, one of my favorite parts. So my songs of the week, my recommendations. So let's see what we've got this week. I I mention this every week, but I do a playlist on Spotify called New Music Friday. I love it. It's been so much fun. I've been doing this for over a year now, I think. Um, But anyway, every Friday morning on my Instagram stories, I will pick my top releases of the week. And then those plus so much more I put in the Spotify playlist. So it's always being updated every Friday morning. And then I recycle out all of the older tracks so that you always have the latest and greatest. So again, New Music Friday on my Spotify. Uh, I can put a link in here so you guys can get to it quickly. It's also linked in my um, IG, my link tree in my bio. So I always have new stuff going up there. So what was new this week that I loved? I think there were a couple things. Oh, we had a new Lane 8 song, which I really loved, called Roll Call. I'm just, I'm jumping on the Lane 8 train. I I just really adore him. I think it's just so great. So really was into that one. Oh, there was another one I really liked. Oh, well, Bass Nectar came out with a new song called Nice and Easy. So all my Bass Nectar fans, big big fan over there. I know that's going to be a good one that you guys are excited about. Oh, Take My Mind by Dub Vision. Loved that. That was a great one. That came out of nowhere for me because I don't really listen to Dub Vision too much, but Take My Mind by Dub Vision. Big fan. That one was really good. And the Elon Bluestone remix of Oliver Heldon's song, Cucumba. 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 Uh, yeah, Elon Bluestone and Oliver Heldon's great combo right there. That one was awesome. And I mean, I'm a huge Oliver Heldon stan, so not surprised. And what else did I like? There was an Elenium remix that came out, a new Grizz song, The Baddest that came out. That one was like mind melting. And lastly, I'll do uh, Grum, his song Afterglow. There was a remix from CYA. I think that's how you say it. So yeah, the CYA remix Afterglow by Grum. That was another one. If you're a trans fan, you will really, really like that song. So those are my New Music Friday slash songs of the week recommendations for this episode. So you guys, thank you so much for making it to the end here. Again, please go follow at Real Ace Antonio and at the Beat Stop TV on Instagram and show your love and support on his YouTube channels. 
great videos you guys again so excited that um he was able to come on so ace if you're watching or listening thank you so much again it was great chatting with you uh please send in your submissions for the east coast versus west coast festivals uh and your listener of the week nominations i always am running short on those so please send in anybody you want to shout out your friend's company i don't care uh send both of those in to raveculturecast at gmail.com lastly The biggest thing you guys can do to support this podcast is tell a friend, make it your Instagram stories and tag at RaveCultureCast and at Emma Capotis. It helps tremendously, you guys. Thank you so much. I always see your love and support. I see everyone who posts on a weekly basis. It means the world to me. Um, You guys can follow us on Spotify, iTunes, YouTube. Uh, If you guys are listening on YouTube right now and you made it to the end, drop a little heart emoji in the comments on YouTube so I can see you, uh, Rave Culture Cast fam, listening over there. And I think that's everything. You can write a review on iTunes and rate and review over there. And I think that's it. So I'm going to go finish this Lemon White Claw and have a great night. Happy birthday vibe with it again. Uh, And I hope you guys are staying happy and healthy. Enjoy your day. Thanks so much for listening. And I will be back next Wednesday. Bye, guys. I, 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 I,